You're listening to the Empath Insights Podcast, and in today's episode, I'm talking about how your emotions only last about 90 seconds. Stay tuned. I'm Rachel Hudson, and I help empaths just like you learn to thrive, learn to stop absorbing other people's stress, and embrace your natural gifts. I also teach you how to manage your sensitivities in this sometimes insensitive world we live in. Hey, empaths, I'm so happy to be back with you this week. And yeah, I am going to talk about emotions only lasting 90 seconds. And when I heard this, when I was taught this, I had a lot of questions. I went down the rabbit hole trying to prove this thing wrong And that didn't quite happen. I learned a lot. So I have been talking about emotions over the last few podcasts. If you, if this is your first time listening, welcome. And you might want to go back and listen to episode 32. And I talk about what happens when we push down our emotions. Um, Let's see, episode 38 is why our feelings matter. Just go into some detail there. And then episode 39, I talk about feeling your uncomfortable emotions. But I'll just give you a really quick recap. Basically, what we typically do with emotions, when things get uncomfortable, we resist, we resist it, we push it down, like, nope, that's not happening, we push it down, push it down. And then maybe sometime later on, something small happens, and it all comes back up. Okay, that's one way. We also we, the most common one is we avoid an emotion. Like that's not happening. Nope. I'm just going to act like it didn't happen. (laughs) And obviously reacting. We react to emotions. Maybe we kick, yell, and scream, shout, something outrageous, reaction. But what we really need to do, what really needs to happen is we need to allow it. Allowing an emotion is the quickest way to let it move through the body We don't have to hold on to it. But the brain thinks that if we allow this emotion, anger, sadness, or fear, that we are really going to die. It feels like the worst of the worst. That's what we think. But the worst thing that can really happen is an emotion. I'll give you an example. Just say somebody is hurt emotionally, not physically, that's a different situation. So someone's hurt emotionally. And then they go out and react, they hide, or resist or avoid. It's usually because of something that someone said, either to them, about them, about a loved one, about something or about something that they generally disagree with. Yes, we see that happening every single day, because here we are. Now, we're seeing it out there on social media, we're seeing it on the news, and we see it with people arguing. If you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Rachel, I don't see it at all. Just go on Twitter, spend five minutes, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And basically, it's just a lot of people's stories, and they really want to convince people of their stories and that type of thing. 
Now, when this happens in our world, what do we typically do? Of course, we lash out, we react to someone who wasn't even a part of the scenario. Just say you have a bad day at work, you can't say anything to your boss or your coworker, you come home and you take it out on the people who live with you. (laughs) Okay, maybe you yell, maybe you stomp, maybe you say something that you really don't mean. And it's what we do, we've all done this. Or maybe you react or maybe you hide or avoid. You wanna be invisible. Maybe you want to retreat or resist or just push it down. But why do I want you to allow it? It's going to move through so quick. The emotion only lasts about 90 seconds. I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I would have said this is such nonsense. And I was like, when I heard it, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm positive. That's not the truth. But I went down the rabbit hole because I was learning this concept. And I tried to poke holes in this for hours, a couple of days, actually. Now, when a person has a reaction to something in their world, it can be anything. There's a 90 second chemical process that happens in the body. After that, any remaining emotional response is just you, the person choosing to stay in that emotional loop. We get obsessed. We think about the thing that the person said, just like it just happened today, but it didn't. It happened once and you're still thinking about it. You're in that loop. So something will happen external, out in the world, chemicals flush through the body, puts us on full alert. So what does this mean? This means that for 90 seconds, you can sit and watch the process happening. You can feel it happening and then you can watch it go away, right? Only if you don't resist, you don't avoid, okay? And you don't react. It's actually a lot quicker than you think. And we have opportunities every single day to test this. Somebody's always gonna say something that makes us mad or misinterpret what we say. It's just humans, right? But what happens is why do we stay in this loop? Here's what we do. Sometimes we get a little bit of a spark from that emotion and we want more of it. For example, have you ever read something online, on social media, in the news, whatever, that made you really, really upset, mad? Think about online. I'm sure you've all been there. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person said blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And then what do you do? You read the comments, knowing what they're going to say, knowing what other people are going to say, but you're ready for it. You're like, "Mm, give me more. If that's not you, I really want to know. You're like, nope, I'm good. I just read the thing and I let it go. But what we do is we read those comments, knowing what they're going to say. We start, we start looking for more evidence of this thing happening. We start like Googling and we start looking through the search bar and like, what else is this person saying? They're such a jerk. <laughs> and then you call up somebody or you text somebody like, can you believe what this person just did or said? I can't believe that. 
and then you're in this loop and then you tell the story over and over again and over and over again and then your brain gets in this addiction loop this like addiction to the drama and then those chemicals flood through your body over and over and over again next week next thing you know is three or four days later maybe two or three weeks later and you're still really upset so this person's name is mentioned and you're like oh yeah that reminds me (laughs) they said this thing that I don't agree with this is what we do so if you haven't heard of this gal her name is Jill Bolte Taylor and she um she wrote a book my stroke of insight a brain's a brain scientist's personal journey I remember this reading this book several years ago and it's how her brain wasn't able to hold on to this anger after her stroke I thought was really interesting She talks about if you continue to feel anger after that initial encounter or that initial response, you need to take a look at the thoughts that you're thinking that are re-stimulating that circuitry, that wave that's resulting in you having this physiological response over and over again. Basically what I just said. I just summed up what what she said. I just thought it was really interesting. And then I started to be a little bit more, I'm like, okay, I can start to believe this. You might have an emotional reaction after hearing this. I mean, I, I, I was like, what? This is what? This doesn't make any sense. And so I, I wanted to sit with it for a couple of days before I wrote out the podcast and really, I really wanted to get a lot of evidence. And I was like, I just need evidence. I need evidence. And then my dogs, <laughs> okay? No, they're not humans, but I thought this is a really good example. My dogs are about 60 pounds a piece. And 95% of the time, they get along. My dog Jingo, who's an older dog, he's really bossy to Yogi. Yogi just sits like, okay, I'll just sit here and take it. All right, you can steal my bone and I'm not going to get upset, blah, blah, blah. Every once in a while, they'll have a dog fight. Now this particular day, it was it was a, pr- it always scares me so bad when they fight because it's not a normal thing. And they went at each other. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill each other. <laughs> and then it only lasted for, I would say maybe 15 seconds. It felt like it lasted forever. Of course, as your dogs are fighting, you're like, oh my God, they're going to kill each other. And then a few minutes later, they're best friends. They're both asking for a C-O-O-K-I-E, but they don't hold on to it. They don't say, hey, Jingo, remember the time you stole my bone just out of spite? No, they don't. They don't really, that's not the thing that they do. But humans do. You know, have you ever seen the person at the store? You're like, that person owes me money. (laughs) You get all mad about that thing that's probably five years old or 20 years old. So you might be asking yourself, why do I feel so emotional when these things come up? one, One reason might be is that there may be some really big feelings that need to be worked through. Maybe it's a recurring feeling or a recurring thought or this thing that happened in different scenarios. But really, our emotions include our interpretation of a situation. Now, I'm in the life coach school about halfway through the process of getting certified. And we talk about separating the story from the fact. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I got this. But then I started realizing as I was going through this process, and it's really one of the first things we learned is people are going to give you their stories 
and they're going to present them to you as if they're facts. You may have stories that you might present to others as, no, this thing, she was rude to me. And that's not really a fact though, is it? There is something that happened in the world that's a fact. It's like an interpretation of the weather. Ugh, it's so hot outside. Well, not every single person in the planet on the planet will agree with that. But the fact is, maybe it's 85 degrees. Well, I'm from Texas. I'm like, that's not hot. <laughs> it's about 98 degrees right now. That's hot. But that's just an interpretation. So that's just kind of where we are. So separating the story from the facts. That has helped me so much. And it really did start to drive home that idea that our emotions include our interpretation of the thing that happened, the thing in the world that you probably don't have any control over. For example, right? The weather, the temperature. Now we take a lot of things into account like basically everyone's situation is different. We all come from different backgrounds. We're different ages. Like I grew up in the 70s and 80s. My experiences are going to be different from someone who's 20 or my nephew who's 18 or the other one who's 13. It's going to be different. Okay. Um, it's going to be different on, on whether like we're a woman or a man, just history. A lot of things come into play when it comes to our emotions and our feelings. And so oftentimes people, when they come to me, they wanna talk to me about relationship problems or stress at school or at work. A lot of it's at work. Um, Some of it's the news, like it's the news, right? How do I deal with the things that are going on out there, Rach? How do I deal with that? I can't believe this is happening. Isn't that terrible? And then we get, we look for more evidence, right? There's a lot of things that have been going on in the world. And we just have a front row seat now. When a hundred years ago, that's what my sister and I always say, a hundred years ago, a <laughs> hundred years ago, we didn't have a front row seat. We were too busy trying to figure out life. And some of us, some people come to me because they have difficulty with processing feelings related to experiences, relationships, the things that go on in the world, circumstances, right? Facts. And this is where I see, and we all do it. This is where I see that people avoid it or want to control it or react to it or resist. I've never talked to anyone who allows it. I'm just going to allow this and we'll let it wash over my body. Obviously, they wouldn't be calling me if they were able to allow it. And some of us, some of us haven't even heard of allowing an emotion to happen. So this is obviously, this is where the coaching comes in, where I mix, we mix the logical side with the emotional side. Now, as an empath, as a sensitive person, we tend to go down this rabbit hole very quickly and we hold on to things, we make things mean things, and sometimes they don't, sometimes they do but we have a story about it. Logic and emotions, they're both very important. But we really are invested in believing our emotional stories. It's fun. It lights the brain up sometimes. 
And if we just took that piece out of it and like, what are the facts? Let's say 85 degrees. Well, maybe 85 degrees when you're trying to fall asleep at night, is not fun. And you're like, Ugh, it's hot. But if you're outside in August, you're like, wow, 85 degrees. Whew. It's cooling off outside. So let's talk about allowing emotions. You're like, how do I do it? <laughs> now, here's the thing. You're going to have so many opportunities to allow an emotion. I want you to think about the last 24 hours and something that upset you. Maybe you're on social media. Maybe somebody said something that you're like, I don't agree with that. That means you're a bad person. Okay. Seen a lot of that going on lately. I promise you, you're going to have so many opportunities to allow an emotion. Someone's going to say something or you're going to watch something that's going to bother you. And if you're an avoider or a resistor or whatever your flavor of however you process this emotion is, you got some work to do. You're going to have a thought and then you're going to have this feeling wash over you. You're going to sit with it and you're going to name the emotion. It's anger. And if you can't name it, no problem. You're going to locate it in the body. It's hanging out in the body. I promise you, there's not a single person that I've asked to do this, that they, they're like, I don't know. Nobody says that. They're like, oh, it's in my shoulders, in my back. It's in my, a lot of it's in the chest and stomach. Okay. If you've ever been like my grandmother used to say, uh, I just have a nervous stomach. <laughs> well, she was a worrier. I do that. I used to do that too. I'm like, oh, I just have a nervous stomach. Uh, my stomach would get all queasy and weird and I don't know. Or maybe it's that feeling in your chest or your shoulders or your throat. A lot of us, we feel it in our throat. The throat starts to close up, located in the body. Where is it? You might feel it moving around. You might feel like it's a heavy rock. Also, ask yourself, does it have a color? What color is this emotion? What color is this thing in the body? Just about every time, people can name it when I ask them. Does it have a texture? Some people are very, very descriptive, very visual. And some people are like, you know what? I just think it's just, it just feels heavy. And that's good enough but you're able to identify it. And you might go as far as to, you know, I'll ask people, does it have a temperature? Is it cold, hot? Some people say, oh, it's really fiery. Or some people are like, no, no, it's really cold and dark and it's just heavy. And then we move through the emotion and we talk, start talking about something that brings them joy. And there's this, the color is something like maybe it's a yellow or a light blue, or it's, it's very interesting because there's, there's a lot of different responses that can go on. And I usually watch people's body language and I can see them or feel them lightening up a little bit. But here's the thing. It's about 90 seconds or less. Now you might be thinking, well, that's great, but this happens all the time. That, it, that's fine. It, that's how this works. This is not a one and done. You're not cured just because you allow it one time. This is your opportunity to practice. If the wave of emotion happens again, and it will, because you're going to have the same thought like, oh, but she really made me mad. That's so unfair. Or he shouldn't have said that to me. 
is due to your thought about the thing that happened. Now, why is this not a one and done? Because we've gotten into the habit of holding on very, very tightly to this emotion. Like we feel like if we let go of this emotion, we're going to lose it. Remember, the brain's job is to protect us. We think we're going to die if we let it go. Now, here's the cool thing. Once you're aware of this happening, you'll learn how to be more attuned to your emotions. Now, in my experience, I'm like, yeah, but this keeps happening. I keep thinking these things. But then I'm like, okay, brain, I see what you're doing here. When this happens, I'm going to recognize you. I'm so, it's so much quicker to process the emotion. Even if you have the thing that keeps coming up over and over again, you're, you're like, hey, brain, I'm on to you. I see what's going on. And I like to tell my clients, they're like, what do I do when this comes up? I'm like, I want you to think, okay, this crappy feeling is going to come up, but it's also going to hold hands with something a little bit better. The and it's okay. And I can allow this to happen. It, it just neutralizes it. And you can remind yourself, this emotion is not going to last long. But if I keep holding on to it, this is going to last for a really long time. Because if we keep holding on to it, we just make life very very difficult for ourselves. People come to me all the time. They're like, how can I stop being the way I am? Like there's a lot better questions to ask yourself besides how can I stop being me? I can teach you how to be you and process these emotions, but you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. And it's, there's a beginning and an end. And if you are willing to open yourself up to believing. All you got to do is try it on a couple of times. You're like, oh, you're going to feel the tightness come over you. And you're going to feel this little panicky thing come over you. And then you're going to like, okay, I'm just going to sit with it. I'm going to sit with it. And then your body's going to relax because it's just going to go away. It might come up again a couple of hours later, but you're not still holding on to it from that original time. It's so exciting to be able to do that. This is coming from somebody who is just a doctor told me, you're just hardwired for anxiety, Rachel. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> right? But now I'm like, I think she was full of beans. Yeah, she was a doctor. But, you know, so I carried that story around with me. I believed it. That was my belief. I'm just hardwired for anxiety. Like it was some kind of like this big thing. I don't know if I don't have to believe it. That's not, that's a story. That's not a fact. I want you to try this. I would love to know how it works for you. And I want to remind you, this is just when people talk about mindfulness, this is basic mindfulness. But people often get confused. They're like, what is mindfulness? I know it's just a fancy word for allowing your emotions, <laughs> being uncomfortable in the moment, being in the moment, no matter what. Being in the moment without avoiding, being in the moment without resisting, getting distracted, picking up your phone when something gets really tough, turning on the TV when something gets really tough, eating when you're not hungry because you've got a wave of emotions that is incredibly uncomfortable and you're like, I deserve this. And it's just a story. But when you can practice this, you allow yourself the opportunity to start observing 
and accept your emotions rather than pushing them away. If you don't believe me, I want you to think about my dogs. They're super cute, but sometimes I fight. <laughs> Try the 90 seconds. If you're ready to start thriving as an empath, I'd love to invite you to work with me one-on-one. Go to my website, rachelkhudson.com and click the tab that says work with me and we can schedule a free consultation. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Be kind to yourself, say nice things to yourself and be kind to others. 